if we hone into our feminine receptive ways, that doesn't make us weak. That makes us smart using these amazing tools that we have to get ahead or to get the same place that you know the man is, but with our tools. And it's okay to have different tools. You, you gotta be balanced, right? I can't just give, give, give. So now I'm allowing myself to receive, which man, that's hard sometimes. I know how doctors can make you feel um, and how I just wanna advocate for women and inspire them and inform them that they can listen to themselves and trust themselves. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Connection. Like a lot of my guests on this podcast, I am excited to introduce another expert in her field, Erica Reed. Besides being a great friend, Erica is a skilled occupational therapist who not only treats her patients, but is dedicated to educating them about self-treatment to relieve discomfort and maximize their individual potential. She works with manual therapy such as myofascial release to restore bodies to their natural, fluid, and thriving state. She is a true healer in every sense of the word. Erica and I discuss her journey into occupational therapy, what fascia is, and how it gets stuck. We talk about trauma, the body's response to trauma, and how the brain responds to protect us. We dive into women's bodies, the power of the feminine, and why it is so important for women to be sensitive and open to receiving signals from our body. Erica shares her journey with breast implants and her explant surgery, and the absolute imperative for informed consent for all medical procedures and prescriptions. Finally, Erica talks to us about her nonprofit to combat sex trafficking. While I welcome everyone to listen to this episode, I highly encourage women to share it with all of their friends. These are such important topics for women as our outer worlds become more and more stressful. Without further ado, I give you Erica Reed. Tell everybody a little bit about what you do. <laughs> Let's start with the, we'll start with your fascia work. Okay, so um, I'm an occupational therapist, which just to kind of give a simple explanation, if there is one, um, a lot of people don't know what that is. They Occupational, do you help people find jobs? <laughs> no. It's similar to physical therapy, mm -hmm. and I and you're working with people um, and their bodies, and you're helping them return to activities of daily living. Is our kind of our keyword ADLs. Um, activities of daily living can be anything from how you get yourself dressed, mm -hmm. being able to eat, go to work, do work, uh, as kids play, all kinds of things that might be limited by physical limitations mental emotional limitations, um, any kind of trauma. So I decided to become an occupational therapist because I was looking at, I, I was a vet tech, I got into vet school, and I was really interested in psychology and animals. So then I got a full scholarship for psychology and I'm like, okay, which one's it gonna be? And then I went to the career center and I read this occupational therapy and you work with people with all this physical stuff but then there was a psych rotation and then you could work with animals too. Mm. So I was like, wow, this has everything. Um, and it had a holistic approach, which I didn't even realize at the time how important and how vital that was gonna be for me and my journey. And so I became an occupational therapist and I've worked in, I've worked with spinal cord patients. I've worked with kids in New York City. I came to 
Los Angeles and started working in nursing homes. Mm -hmm. And then I started developing my outpatient practice. We have to keep up CEUs to keep our license. So one day I walk into this class, um, myofascial release, John Barnes myofascial release. And, and um, <laughs> I remember thinking halfway through, okay, we're in LA, where's the cameras? <laughs> like there's some weird stuff like going cookie. on here. Yeah, I'm like, um, I don't know. Um, and so it, it was very much that. <laughs> Um, so much so that I signed up for the next three classes in Puerto Rico, but I was like, I mean, what the heck? I get to go to Puerto Rico. I get to write it off. And um, my journey began from there. So we, so one of, it's one of the main modalities that I use. And I've, I've done a lot of training visceral, um, which is working with the organs and the body and their movement and cranial sacral and lymph and but um, I, I tie them all kind of together. But for me, it's it, the myofascial is what's taught me the most and what I use the most because I see the most benefit and understanding the body more now through this. I understand how important this plays in everything. So we, when we get conceived, we start at one little cell, right? And then we end up turning into 50 to 70 trillion cells, depending on who you ask. But as we develop into all these cells that make up this body, Every cell is connected by this fascial system. Um, and it's just, the more you learn about it, it's so fascinating, but it's so vital. It's not just structure. I have, oh, I should have brought it. I have this great little toy that I show. Um, it's one of those things that's, it's got these wooden balls and then it's connected by string mm -hmm. and you can push it like this, but it holds its structure, right? Is it one of those things, yeah, trying to Changes shape. What are those called? Yeah, I got this. Those things, you know. Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> it would have been a great prop. Don't you know what those things are, people? And I, I'm so used to having all these props for my talks. I don't. I don't know why I didn't today, but um, it just shows how the fascia holds us together. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's fluid mm. and it allows for movement, unless the cells, the 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 ground substance, the water in that area gets solidified and hardened down okay mm. which is what happens with trauma with stress mm. with um, repetitive motion with emotional um, trauma as well and then you've got this nice fluid structure that create you know allows movement in our body but connects everything too <laughs> you do that and, and I want to like do that, that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then it locks down these areas right and so you think about it, if you if you have a knitted sweater, which I do not, but let's pretend this is a nice knitted sweater, and I run into mm. something here. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, you know, you run into something here, and you run into something here, and then you run into something here. And so you've got these little pills, right? Yeah. And if I took one and pulled it, it's going to pull on the other ones, yeah. right? And so this is what's happening in our body. We have these areas where I have a, I have a scar here. And it's, you know, got locked down. And then let's say I have a shoulder injury from one of my car accidents, you know, and then that starts locking down. And so then you start having these areas in your body where you're Pulling. getting pulled and yeah. locked in. Mm. And then it goes even further. They talk about how there's these, our body stores these, the memory of when we were injured. Whether again, it was an emotional, you know, one in our head or one in our mind versus an actual physical trauma. Our body stores these traumas in these holograms. So the state of when we were in trauma, we usually pop out of our body, 
Okay, because that's the easiest survival. way to survive right. mode, right? Yeah. So then when we're out, this the trauma, it's almost like a picture, just takes that picture and it holds that in our fascial system. So then over the years, you've got more and more, you know, building up. Patterns. So it's like, it's, it's amazing that we're even like sitting here. You know, right, able to move. Like not this. just like from all the many, <laughs> you know, people make fun of me yes. in fourth grade. That's right there. Yes. Well, did you, I don't know if oh you God, saw. That's hilarious. <laughs> Someone made fun of me in yes, fourth grade. Right. It's right. It's stuck right in my neck. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw my post on Instagram last night, but I was just talking about that. because no, I didn't. That's I, funny. Yeah, well, I was, um, I was sexually assaulted in college, and I blocked the memory of it until later in life, and I had an experience where it was released, but it wasn't released in images. It was released in my body, and people are like, well, how do you know it happened? I'm like, I don't need to see it to know the truth. Mm-hmm of my body and what happened. And it, it really is a testament to what you're saying is that, um, well, the body keeps the score, right? That body book is score. such a good book. Mm-hmm. Such a good book. Yeah. Very academic. Um, you know, hard to, I think it's, it's academic, but it's such yes. a good book for people to read and well, understand. And it's, and, and it's good that you said that because that's the thing is I still to this day have people saying, well, there's no science behind what you do. And I'm like, actually there is. Um, the, the thing with the, this type of work, so it's, it's all hands-on, mm-hmm. right? It's hands-on body work. Before you do that, yes. explain what fascia is though, like the okay. substance of it. What yes. is it? So fascia, there's a couple different parts to it. It has an elastin part. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so the elastin is the part that when you're doing those quick stretches and deep stretches, of course you're going to get a nice opening, right? But that's only 20% of what it's made up of. And that likes to come back. It's like a rubber band. It opens Mm. and it comes back. Mm -hmm. The other 80% is collagenous tissue and ground substance. And I could get into all the science, but it's easier if I just refer somebody to somebody, you know, an article that will articulate it much better than me. But, But what's happening is the collagenous part is the part that I'm aiming at. Because what they've found is when you put a gentle compression onto that tissue. So now compression can happen where I'm literally compressing or or I'm Uh tractioning, which then compresses everything as we're tractioning out, right? And so, you know, I've done this on you. Like this is, I'm not cranking your arm because people, if they have a tight shoulder, it's like, oh no, crank it, you can go harder, you can go harder. And I'm like, yeah, I could go harder and we're just ripping fibers and we're maybe opening that elastin, but we're not opening the uh, the collagenous portion, which takes about 90 to 120 seconds they've shown for a chemical reaction called a piezoelectric effect. I could go down a whole rabbit hole with that because if he's electric effect and I'm like, wait a second, I keep talking. <laughs> I was like, she's because this, down. <laughs> this arm is, is my, t- okay. like, this so is the one that holding this when I'm talking from writing. Right. And this, ah. it's right up in here. But so, so what I was going to go off on, on, on that is that's also what's in our pineal gland, by the way. So like all this ties in, but just going back to this, the collagenous, you hold it for 90 to 120 seconds and that compression tells the body there's electricity that goes through there because the ground substance is this fourth phase of water and that's a whole nother thing mm. that um, Dr. Pollock and, and a lot of people have been talking about that they discovered um, this fourth phase that allows electricity to be conducted, okay? So 
so we're talking about this collagenous tissue and, and all the fascia is a structural, but it allows electricity and the communication in our body. We want that stuff open. You know, that's, that's, it's like a neural network, it's right? A, Isn't that communication with the body? So much, yes, so much going neural on. in the, in the fascia. So 90 to 120 seconds for that to start to happen, right? This piezoelectric effect. And then I'll start to see heat or people will start to feel interesting things or they might start unwinding as the fascia releases mm-hmm. in a nonlinear fashion because it's this 3D tissue, right? Um, so we always like to hold it for at least five minutes because 90 to 120 wow. seconds, so two minutes, it's just starting, right? So you want to get it like a minute of the good stuff when it's releasing. But then also at about five minutes, you start to release, um, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong, but it's leukotins. It's a, it's a type of basically, it's an anti-inflammatory and it's an immune response in your body that's naturally produced. And the longer you hold it, the more that's produced. That's the good stuff. That's free. That's free drugs. Like the good, <laughs> not pharmaceutical drugs, like your natural, natural healing drugs. Yeah. And it's going to go all through your body to help with the inflammation and would help with everything's going on. So that's what I do with, with, with that. Um, and this can be done. I mean, I've worked on as young as two days old. Wow. Um, I've worked on it. Why um, would a two-year-old, what so are the complications? this baby was pulled out by forceps. Even though it was a home birth, there were some issues and was pulled out by forceps. And thank goodness, uh, both the midwife and then the doula were like, you need to get someone to treat this baby right away. Again, everything's connected. You have this blunt trauma and this basically like, hey, welcome to earth. F you. <laughs> At the same time, you know, like boom. Yeah. And so... It's, it's happening here. The whole body's going to register that. The whole fascial system is going to be affected. Mm. Your fight, flight, or freeze just got a, like a jump start into the world. And so we've seen children grow up and then about 13, 14, they have headaches that they can't get rid of and nobody can explain. So then mm. they start on the drug cycle to try to, you know, fix them instead of just looking at the body and what happens. So that's just one instance of why that young and... Um, and I've worked on as old as, I think the oldest person is 90 something. Um, well that, that's more obvious. They've, they've lived 90 yeah, they years. Live, they they got a lot of shit built. They got a lot yeah. of shit. Um, but, um, and that's, and that's the cool thing about working with like babies and even kids. They unwind that shit because they, they haven't learned, you know, yeah, yeah I it's mean, not, it's not the groove. It's not a well-established that reptilian groove. brain thing yeah. where it's like, okay, hey, this happened. Now let it go and let's start new tomorrow. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. um, awakening the tiger or is what I'm thinking of. Um, and I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but it'll come to me. But that's one of my favorite books. And we always talk about that is, it's just because it talks about how we store stuff in our body, mm. you know, with, with the reptilian brain. And before we got the mammalian brain, little let's say little bunnies out getting chased by a I don't know I have coyotes in my area so a coyote right and the bunny's like okay shit I've got you know it's either run and I'm not gonna outrun this thing um fight that ain't gonna you know that's not, <laughs> gonna, not gonna do that's not too far in my favor <laughs> or freeze right because we have fight flight or freeze a lot of people forget the freeze the bunny freezes it looks dead the coyote's like this dead thing leaves the bunny's like Phew, runs back to his bunny home Shakes it off, literally the chemicals and everything that put him in that yep. stage. Wakes up the next morning. I'm gonna do it all over again. I know. Look, I, I just forget the memory. Exactly. No idea. Right. What, right. What's that? Um, I, I actually use that example all the time, and I don't know why teaching classes and you know I teach yoga, Pilates, and stuff. But 
I think that's what I was talking about is that sometimes the pain we feel in our body is not because of anything physical, but we're holding on to something. Mm-hmm. And it could be something as simple as the anger from traffic. Yeah. Right. And, and you see like in the wild, you do, you see them, they're mm-hmm. under this stress whether they were flighting or freezing or whatever. And then animals yeah. just go, Ugh. yeah. And they're like, do, 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 do. well, I've seen it like people. nothing happens. That, that's what happened in that first class I took. That's why I was like, okay, where's the cameras? I'm in California. I'm in Hollywood. So, but what do you mean? I what literally you... saw people shaking and going through this thwarting, unthwarting mm. process because that ground substance that in the fluid around in their cells in in the fascial system literally hardens, and so as it releases. We all know that there's memory in every cell in our body, right? And so it's releasing all that stuff in that moment. So something that might have happened 10 years ago, even though you've been holding it on. And, and there are other modalities. This just this is the one I've found and, and it's helped me on my journey, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's I find it so helpful with my clients. But you literally watch that process and you can see people going through things. I've seen railroad tracks reappear on the skin. I mean, we're talking some interesting stuff but it's it's all science it's all our body and it's and you just see this stuff come back up and then the key though is to let it go right yeah and let's not even get into that let it go song because that (laughs) because it's it's not so easy it's just let let it go go. you know it's um that that's a process and that's what i like to try to help people through too because it's it's one of those things you just, um, I always tell people, no judgment when it comes up, right? Yeah. And really try to avoid having to know, well, what was that? Right. Well, what was that? Well, because this is because of this, but so I'm not sure why I had this. The why like, and the why it, and You the don't why. need to know. Yeah. And just let it go. I got caught in that. Yeah. But why? Who doesn't? Who did? Yeah. The story. We want to know yeah, the story. we want to know. We, who cares? At some point, you just yeah. let it go and you move on because that's more powerful as long as so that much more powerful that intention to heal and release mm-hmm. and that desire to do that, it'll override whatever the story yeah. was. And John always says, if you need to know, you'll know. Yeah. But if you're going to waste your time trying to figure it out. So, um, and some people do know, some people get some amazing memories, you know, right away. Mm-hmm. I've always said, I just, I don't know how they know we store memories in our body, but um, I was just listening to something on the way here, actually, where, um, you know, one of my favorites, and I know you love him too, Zach Bush, yeah. is it was talking about hydration and water, and it's the, it's the water that actually holds the memories. Mm. So that's why it's so important with the fascial system to get it open so that that thwarted water gets all nice and juicy and flowy again, right? So that we have our messages flowing through our body and we have our nutrients flowing through our body so that we can heal and get rid of that, that other stuff and those memories that we've been holding onto that literally stick in our body and make us stuck in our body. Um, and, you know, and then move forward from it, literally and figuratively. Yeah. What, um, so how much percentage... Of the body is water. Is it like ninety eight or nine? I was something so in the nineties, right? Well, the brain is like ninety something percent, and the body itself is seventy. Oh, okay. I hear different numbers, but seventy something. something but the brain same. itself is like ninety something percent, right? Just drink That's more water, people. Fascinating. <laughs> One of the other phrases I love that I use is the issues in your tissues. The issues in your tissues, and you know. All of the things I do, you know, you know, I do some other things as well, but um, they all come back to that getting out of 
fight or flight or freeze Mm -hmm. and getting into that rest and digest, which I also like to call your feel and heal phase, right? Because the healing is in the feeling and we are so good at, you know, when we got out of our body, whatever that trauma was, we're so good at being out over here and not getting back in because it's painful Mm -hmm. and we don't want to deal with it and our body's like protecting us. And there's, there's times I've, been working with somebody and and they they're like oh yeah no I'm getting nauseous and stuff and I'm like yeah evil you know never you know I never want to push somebody because we don't want to put them in the fight flight or freeze right but if they're at that point where they can still get into the discomfort and stay with it and stay with it yeah. that's where you're gonna get the healing that's where it lets go you know it, it's it's all about the brain the brain is so amazing I I always love to talk about this um. I think it was in Bruce Lipton's Biology of Belief. I think that's where I was reading this. But they did an experiment. And I don't know. It wasn't Etch-A-Sketch. There was a thing I remember when we were young and you put your hands in it and it, and it gives you the reverse picture. And then you oh. draw whatever the item is. But it looks like you drew it freehand, but you're yeah. really cheating because you're getting this reflection. And So they had a box and they had people put their hands in it, right? And they took a needle... And what the person didn't know is they thought, oh, I'm seeing both my hands. They weren't seeing one of their hands. They were seeing a reflection of it. Mm -hmm. So there must have been a layer just above it or something. And so the administrator takes a needle and like what looks like pops Pops in your left hand. And every person's like, ah! And there was actually no contact. Wow. The brain perceiving. And so it's, 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 Built to protect us, right? Right. There's so much information about that and, and, and particularly that reptilian brain. And that's why it's so hard for people to change because the body wants to protect. And right. if, even if change is definitely a better thing for them and something that's they hard. need, and you know, we see that in the world very clearly right now that yeah. people don't want to see these things because the brain's saying, no, mm-hmm. we got we to gotta keep status quo because that's, that's how we keep you safe. Yeah. And so that same thing's happening in the body. And so it's a matter of letting that brain know. And that's why my work doesn't always feel so gentle, especially when we're working in the psoas area and everything. But it's, it is a gentle, it is a just to the resistance your body's giving me. Because if I right. bypass that. It's not ready. You it's know. not ready. Yeah. It's going to push back. Now you're going to get some maybe muscle release, fiber release, uh, the 20%, the elastin. But it's, um, it's not going to just, whew. So you'll, you'll get, you gauge when it's safe. Like it's almost like, okay, I, I'm yep. coming, you were communicating with yep. a person's body. Communicating, like, yes, completely the whole time with their body and also telling them, you let me know. because mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the time I'm feeling around and I'm looking for areas and they're like, how'd you know? But I'm looking at what the body's doing because this, this, um, this fascia is part of our skin. Yeah. Our bones are crystallized fascia, so it's just mm. so connected. So we're doing things, but then if it gets to a point where it's too much of them, I honor that. If your body says no, even if I think I should go more, I have to take my ego out. It's not what right. I want, right? right? And so I have to listen to them and um, because it's going to be in their time and when they're ready, and everybody's journey is different. Yeah. So Yeah, that's a, that's a talent and a skill that you have, you and know, to listen. A lot of patience. It's interesting. Because it you got to be present. That's right. the biggest thing. I'm asking them to be present. Right. I've got to be the same. And mm-hmm. I can't be all tense in here and trying to do because I would just translate. So 
that's like one of the hardest things for me because my mom told me I had really terrible patience. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you prepare going into sessions? I mean, is there anything you do I, before? I do. I do. I have to now. I do different ways, but I make sure I'm grounded. Mm-hmm. And um, if I have a beautiful backyard, and I think it's so important for me for that, you know, getting the grounding and just... So if I can plant my feet out there in the morning or take my dog out and just breathe the oxygenated air and see my plants and my mm-hmm. trees, that really brings me in. Mm-hmm. But I do, I put a layer of protection. Mm-hmm. I use different methods of just asking that I keep my energy here, mm-hmm. but I just bring universal energy or healing energy that allows me to um, offer that to them, but not pick up other people's stuff. You're yeah. the facilitator, but not the yeah. engager. Really. Yeah. yeah. Because I wasn't doing that for the longest time. And as woo-woo or as crazy as that may sound, I was feeling it. My dog was feeling it. Yeah. Like my, someone once told me, um, after my mom passed, I had a lady come and I just wanted to you know, see if, if I could talk to my mom or just anything I needed to know. And she's like, yeah, we'll get to that. But your dog wants you to know that <laughs> you bring a lot of energy home. That's bring some shit he's home. Worried that about cool. you. Like you got to stop that. And oh she's gosh, like, our animals are so intuitive. So intuitive with yeah. that, and he's so sensitive. But um, I, I don't know how many practitioners, even my colonic lady, is like, oh honey, you need to start taking more Epsom salt baths. <laughs> You've got so much like energy that's not yours. So yeah, yeah. So now I practice all those things, but um. It really helps me to get present and I have to work on it because I'll be working on somebody and you know, we're doing long holds and sitting there and I want to start planning like menu or you know, <laughs> going through my wardrobe or I just, where my next travel is or something. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I got to be right here. Yeah. If I'm not doing that, then you know, how can I expect them? And that goes back to the whole, one of the things John says is you can only take people as far as you're willing to go yourself. Yeah. And so this whole thing has been about my own journey. Oh, usually is in this kind of work. It usually is, right? And so that's been one of my hardest things is, wow, how present am I being for myself Mm -hmm. and then therefore for other people? How much of the work am I doing? And, you know, and it's reflected in what, who my clients are that come to see me. And I've made some big shifts lately because I finally said, all right, enough. You're, you're not the shoemaker's daughter. Stop saying that. Like, get your shit together. Get on your ball. Get on your, you know, work on your body. Because I'm like one of the tightest people I know. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but not. But, um... <laughs> just laughing away. Yeah, just Laughter's away. good. Laughter's good. <laughs> but, you know, I had to start really spending that time with myself. Yeah. Oh, God, that's hard, you know, just to sit there. I'm fine being alone in my house and all that, but really being present it's in my different. body yeah. it's different yeah. I, that was the part of the post too it's like self-care is not necessarily the stuff you see on instagram and yeah. the essential oils and the it's a lot of taking naps mm-hmm. looking crying taking more naps doing more crying journaling absolutely you know it's not um that journey inward is not pretty but at least i'm sure you can attest to this from my experience it's it's the most rewarding, and on the other side, there's a lot of freedom. Yeah, and that's, yeah, such a powerful word because freedom from our past, freedom from these beliefs that were placed on upon us, right? That we didn't even know we were operating from. Yeah. Freedom from being stuck, both in that moving forward because there's so much fear, 
and then literally in our body because we want to, you know, because we're just that, that you know, that all those restrictions. And so yeah. freedom in so many different aspects. Well, I can see it and, and I can see it. I started paying attention like in grocery stores, not only my students, but you can see, especially with women, when their bodies, mm-hmm. that feminine energy, that yin energy, which is water, which is fluid, right? Yes. Which is the masculine is the steady mm-hmm. force, but the yin and the feminine is the fluid. Yeah. And so I really notice with women when they're just like one undernourished, right? Because they're so worried about weight. And this mm-hmm. was me too. I mean, I, I wanted a certain look. I wanted to be very lean. and um, But there's a hardness there, you can tell yeah. they're protecting or they're hiding. It's almost like a coat of armor, mm-hmm. no matter how thin they are. Yeah. You know, there's a shield and it's um, not, no judgment. It, I was just starting to observe that yeah. once once I became interested in more of this psychosomatic mm-hmm. stuff, how the body expresses itself, the mental stuff. So, well, and, and a huge part of my journey and what I say is, you know, I, I was a tomboy. Yeah, there was a phase. We, have, we had a lot of similarities. We had a lot of similarities, and like ten years ago, I didn't wear dresses. I didn't feel comfortable in dresses, mm. you know. And I was doing some modeling with some friends, and they all had breast enhancements and implants. And I, I was so proud of myself because I waited till after the modeling, and then I was like, "Now I'm going to get it because I'm not doing it for that. I'm going to get it because I want my boobs to match my butt." Yeah. <laughs> so this is a lie I told myself. You do have a cute was, butt. I've got a great button. I just need to let everyone know. It's still there. (laughs) And well, thanks for noticing. Yeah. Uh, You know. Well, you know, it's 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 funny because, like I said, I just I thought I was so proud of myself that I wasn't conforming to everyone, Um, which is such a joke because I was still conforming, you know, because I was like, well, I want my my breast to match my butt so that I'm proportioned. You know, I'm like, it was all it. about proportion and oh my nothing God. to do with societal it's, pressure. It's and... so funny that I would think that and think that that was okay. And, and, and I say all this because, you know, a year ago I had an explant and we're doing a documentary on breast implant illness and, mm. and just diving into all that. But for, for what you were saying about, um, what you wanted for your body. And, and so my perception was I have to be strong, right? And, and, and he grew up on a farm, and I, like I said, the tomboy thing, and I just have to be strong and wouldn't wear dresses. And I have learned that I can be strong and soft and feminine and receptive and work from that yeah. perspective. I don't have to be this strong with gates up around my heart, you know, or mm-hmm. big, you know, walls up around it. And, um, that's been a process, but that oh, is where yes. I found yes. so much. And, and one of the companies I work with is, um, is a hemp company, and and one of the top leaders in that company is a, a woman who offers us all this wonderful training on everything from the feminine and how men and women operate different. They can both be successful, but we... If we hone into our feminine receptive ways, that doesn't make us weak. That makes us smart using these amazing tools that we have to get ahead or to get the same place that, you know, the man is, but with our tools and it's okay to have different tools. Just got chills. Yeah. It's, um, it's like optimizing your, your system. It's like, I'm going to be the most, okay. 
what is my most effective way to be in the world? And, mm-hmm. and if you identify with the feminine and you feel female, I think it's receptive, but we've been taught that no matter what, it's go, go, go. Yeah. And while it seems to work very well for men, it can work for women, but I feel like it's going against not all women, but for me. I mean, I still have drive, but it's oh, it, yeah. it's completely different than... Yeah. It's hard to explain without getting yeah, into yeah. like that's political podcast, correctness, but, and because too, people are going to be like, too. "Well, yeah. I'm strong and I'm fat," you know. Yeah, yeah. It, We're not saying it's that. different it's just, for everybody, right? And for me, it was I don't have to be this tough girl. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can be. I can open my heart. I can be receptive. Yeah. I don't have to just give, give, give because that's just going to burn out quicker, and then yeah. I won't have anything to give, right? And so, I've had to really learn, and it and it took finally choosing the right partner to help teach me that yeah instead of some of the partners i take that back every partner is a teacher yeah i truly believe that um one of my favorite little books is the um little sun in the soul oh the little story I know it, but it's oh my god it's amazing it's adorable I'll, I'll, I'll tell you quick because it's so good it's it's and this is what i tell people who have come out of traumatic relationships or they have a friend they just like why was that person in my life and and you know just a great way to help forgive yourself because a lot of times that's what a lot of us are having trouble um, which helps us get to that freedom so much quicker when we can forgive um is so this little boy's in heaven and you know everything's great up there right so doesn't have bad things happen and so he went to god one day and he said i want to learn like some human emotions and it's like why why <laughs> you got you know this it's is sh- great you've got this you've got that you know obviously i'm paraphrasing and probably yeah. doing a crappy job for such a beautiful story but um you know eventually he's like no i just i just want to experience something it's like okay which emotion would you like to feel forgiveness it's like okay cool uh, who would like to help this little boy with forgiveness and this little girl's like i'll do it okay, so, you know, you two are going to go down there. And she goes, but I have one request. And I'm going to cry. It's like, when you really think about how this relates to life, she's like, my one request is that you always remember who I really am. I mean, I'm your buddy. I'm your friend up here, you know. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) You know. And you're going to have to find your remember back to who I really was. And your remembrance that, we bring this, we're so quick at victimizing ourselves without even realizing it, right? We bring, we ask these things to come and mirror and, and put it in front of us so we can, we can learn or we can keep getting it put in front of us. And it's, and you know, especially as women for us, cause this is, you know, kind of, we're two women <laughs> here talking. Um, and it, it's, it's one of those things where, oh, I mean, I could sit here and say, man, I've picked some shitty men or I, I could go, all the men are shitty. I, I've never been one of those people, but I can understand where people, yeah. you know, find that thought. Um, but for me, it's just been, wow, I've made some shitty choices. And now I'm just like, wow, I really wanted to learn something that I managed to bring it into my life enough times until I finally got the message, you know? And so that just goes back to what we were saying. And and now, you know, I bring people around that I I don't need to learn those lessons. Those, not those particular ones anymore, but people that will help me to, to give myself that receiving Mm -hmm. that part to help fill up, you know, you got to be balanced, right? I can't just give, give, give. So 
now I'm allowing myself to receive, which man, that's hard sometimes. And the, and the stopping of, I have to be doing something all the time. It's so funny. I was just thinking, especially because of quarantine and things being shut down, there's so much time in the day at the same time, it's going very fast, but I had to, I have to remind myself like the, just the other day at the end of it, I was like, I'm like, this day was such shit. I didn't do anything. I didn't get anything done. I wasn't productive. And then in the evening, I'm like, wait a second. I go to my journal and I write things that I'm thankful for for that day. And I was like, oh, I did two auditions. I helped my neighbor. I ran to the post office. I did this, this, and this. I had all that. I was like, oh, I actually did a lot. But it doesn't feel as... I don't know. It's like, I, I think the badge of, of busy is no longer there. Like, yeah. oh, I have to be so busy. I'd rather be productive and then have room to do other things in my day. Um, and it's not saying that I, I, I shy away from busyness because like this podcast has kept me busy and I'm, but I'm loving it. I'm love editing these little previews for you to use and for everybody. And it's, it's the energy of it just is so much fun, but I'm not being busy just to stay busy. And how powerful and fun is that whole gratitude thing? So yeah. At the That's end of the day. That's a game changer. Yeah. I, so I'll tell you a little story if I can. Um, you may. On a, on a different scale with that. So when I was, so how, I, I was, I had just turned 40 and I was just working yesterday. out. Just yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> just a decade ago, but um, yeah. Um, so I was. I was like, okay, I'm going to start working out again because I had other practitioners in my office um, or trainers and I was working out with a friend of mine and, and I kept hearing, it was this one, I kept hearing a click in my hip and I know better than that. I'm a therapist, right? And I'm like, it's clicking. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just push through it, right? Mm. That that whole, woo. So I was fine until two days later and I went and hiked in Mandeville and at the end of the hike, I couldn't finish walking. And then I sat in my car to drive home 40 minutes. I couldn't walk. So I spent the next three months, I could not bend over and I couldn't pick my leg up. So I had to wear slip-in shoes. I traveled. So, you know, before I had um, TSA pre-check and all that, um, I had to take my shoes off. Then I couldn't put my shoe back on. And um, I remember I walked over and there's a a gentleman and a woman standing there. And, uh, you know, they both obviously worked there. And I was like... I got this thing with my hip. I can't, you know, I had to take my shoe off. Can you help me with a shoe? And the guy's like, okay. And he gets down on the floor and he starts putting my shoe. And the girl's looking at me. And she goes, what'd you say you have? I'm going to use that shoe. You just got that guy to get down on his knees and put your shoe on. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I so I, if I didn't have to, I'm, trust me, I'd take it back. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But um, I refused to get an MRI just because I'm like that. And so... I, of course, instead do what I do, and I called my intuitive, my, my local intuitive, and she scanned it, and she's like, you don't have a tear. You have a ton of inflammation. Your hips relate to, they represent moving forward in life. She goes, you just turned 40. You're not married with children and all these things that you thought your life would be. I need you to sit and write down everything you've accomplished in the last 10 years. Yeah. Of course, I waited another three weeks to do that. By this time, I was great at just barely squatting over the toilet because I couldn't sit on it. You know, my aim was perfect and everything. I had a whole system Skills. down. I was like, I don't Skills. need to sit down and think about my life. <laughs> so when I finally did, I sat down. I literally was like, wrote everything down I did. And I was like, wow, yeah. I actually accomplished a lot in the last 10 years. Yeah. 
I did that, I did that, I did that. That's pretty freaking cool. I swear, like three days later, hip is fine. Wow. It's amazing. It's that it's recognizing, and your, your body is just, and people can say, oh, that's, that's bullshit, you know, but it's like, well, you know, well, and the other thing this is, isn't bullshit that we're sitting here, like yeah. somehow this all came together. Like, yeah. This is a beautiful thing. It's beyond our comprehension. I mean, we know we use, what, 10% of our brain? Yeah. What do you think the other 90% is doing? Yeah. It's all this cool stuff, you know? And, and that's why when you have a lived experience of things, no one can tell you differently. Yeah. And, and when you know, you know. And that trust and that faith is so important and, and it's life experience. Like, so when people tell me you have to do this, my lived experience is different. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And there's nothing that will take you off of that path of that knowing. Yeah. When you, when you, otherwise it's just knowledge, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's not internalized. You can read as many books on this crap as you mm-hmm. want, but when you have a lived experience of something, yeah. That's the best knowledge ever. Yeah, and it's it's just wow. It's amazing how we've never been taught to be present, mm. to be in parasympathetic, which mm. is your rest and digest, mm-hmm. your feel and heal. Um, and those are two of the biggest things, right? Just learning to to really listen. You know, a lot of the work I do talk is is around um, that interoception, knowing what senses what you sense in your own body. Mm-hmm. We're not taught how to do that. Yeah. We go to gym class and it's, you know, it's just do this and can you physically do that? Can you outrun this person? Can you, you know, and it's, we don't learn this mindfulness. Mm. So I work with men and women's pelvic health, meaning I, yes, I work internally. Um, and yes, I wear gloves. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a buck. 10 bucks, let's say, for every time somebody's like, do you, do you wear gloves when you do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Is that a problem? <laughs> so, um, but I, I do go internal, but you don't always have to. I worked on a, um, a young lady who couldn't, she, she could barely wipe her groin, right? She could barely wipe her vulva. She, could, she couldn't put, use a tampon. She couldn't have sex with her partner. Mm. And um, I didn't even have to start there. You know where I started? I started the diaphragm, doing a release on the diaphragm, mm. which would bring up some stuff that came up for her. And she, the reactions her body had, she went and talked to her mom and came to, come to find out when she was being born, the cord wrapped around her, right? And so her experiences kept going back to that. Now, oh, I'm totally blanking on the word, but there's a word for when we first are being developed. It's such a cool process and word, but... You know, we start at the one cell and then we develop into cells and then we're like a tube and then it turns in on itself. So it's really interesting how the pelvic floor is connected to up here just because of that whole process when we're being developed. Um, And there's such a relationship like the, the, the... Coccyx, your tailbone is related to the vomer, um, your spinoid that looks like a butterfly. It's the only cranial bone that touches all the others. They relate to what your hips are doing, but it's not just fascially, but it's also just the way that we're developed and what comes from what tissue. And it's, it's fascinating, but that relationship where we could have anything going on in our body, I'll work with people in their pelvis and they're like, I feel like my big toe, is that weird? And I'm like, no, no, I mean, 
Probably because people are like, how does that, you know, it's supposed to be the hip bones connected to the leg bone, not the hip bones connected to everywhere else but in the, the body. Hip, I mean, this is what, what Tommy, uh, Dr. Tommy John and I were talking about. You know, now there's like your knee. Oh, it's, I'm going to send you to a knee specialist. Yeah. And he goes, the knee's then going to be the last thing I look at. Yeah. He's going, I'm going to look at how you're yes. moving and everything else in your body because it's all connected. Yeah. It's yeah. all, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's frustrating for it's people so like us. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And, and, you know, people come in and they're like, oh, of course I'm going to have a knee problem. So did my mom and so did my grandma. Mm. And it's like, there's not a thing in your DNA that says, check mark, knee problems for this one because mom and grandma had it. It's, it's you see how their body reacts, how it holds things energetically, fascially, everything. And that ends up having you carry yourself, and hold you, yourself, you and mimic it. The same way. And you tell yourself the story. Yeah. Oh, of course. My knees. Yeah. So change the story. I mean, it's that mental it's thing. It's that biology you, belief. God. And it's that um, epigenetics. And it's, yeah. you know, you, you said, are what you think. <laughs> right. And you said something about um, it's holding us in our in our past. Like the brain will kind of hold. I can't remember what you said, but I had the thought about, well, if it can hold us in our past, it can do the opposite. It can project us into mm-hmm. our future. Oh, so if you can get out of, because this present moment right now is past. The moment we just had two seconds ago, it's over. Yeah. It's done. There's nothing we yeah. can do about it. It was a fun moment though. It was good. Years. We had, I mean, <laughs> the, the whole past 60 minutes has been a fun moment or whatever we've been here for. Um, but uh, it's pa- it's already passed. Mm-hmm. So to dream and to daydream and we've been taught like you're such a daydreamer and I was like no no no, that's my vision and that can actually create my future I mean this is quantum physics right yeah Yeah. um the biology of of how things become manifest yeah Yeah. and uh again it sounds so California it does (laughs) so and I forget because I've been here 19 years now to me everything's just like I just had a friend that was like wow, you guys are different. She's, she's in from Ohio and she's driving around and she's like, Ohioans, Ohioans, I think that's what she said, they, they wouldn't understand this because she's at the beach and she's like, people are outside down their Pelotons and they're doing this and doing that and there's all these people and they're around and they're out and I'm like, I didn't think of that. I mean, I've lived on the East Coast. I was born and raised there, but yeah. I, we're so in it now that it is. But this is, we're also talking about stuff that is Pure science as well. I mean, we can give references, biology belief, Bruce Lipton. Like, you can go and you can read this stuff. It's fascinating. And we should be learning this so that we learn how to create a world around us. But, again, I digress. Well, no, but everyone says, listen to the, you know, especially now with everything that's going on, it's listen to the science. I go, well, whose science do you want me to listen to? Yeah. Because this is science and this is the science I'm choosing to believe because my experience has taught me that this is true. My experience is not teaching me that the science that you're showing is true. Yeah. So it's my lived experience. So I, um, when I was 11, I had a ruptured appendix, but before it burst, I wasn't feeling good. And my mom kept taking me in and um, I don't know what happened because lower quadrant right lower quadrant pain in an 11 year old girl that screams appendix um i I almost said i wasn't there but i was but not really because i was so out of it so i i don't know where the diagnosis came from but they kept saying your daughter's fine she's overreacting she has a bladder infection and my mom's like i know my daughter she's not overreacting she's over her body and i was walking like this i couldn't eat that was on a friday sunday morning i wake up i pee it bursts um and they still didn't know what was going on for 12 hours until I was head to toe ictric, which means like that yellow, you know, your 
jaundice. Yeah. yeah, jaundice and my eyes, my hair, my skin, everything. And um, they saved my life. So thank you to medicine in that yeah. respect. Yeah. You know, I'm not anti-medicine. Well, that's the same thing. If I break a leg, I don't want any fucking send me to the ER. Yeah, or yeah. The yeah no, just, you know, if I offer you some scotch tape, you're not going to, you know, I know you love and trust me, but you're not, no, I'm going to go to the doctor for this one. But, um, so I spent years in, um, okay, so I'm just going to come out and tell you my story moving further, how I got into the women's health. Yeah. So got married at 18 Mm -hmm. and, um, I had painful sex Mm -hmm. and, um, I also had like perceptions of sex, which it all adds together. Just things that I were told about men and sex Mm -hmm. and we do not create a healthy environment around that. So, um, for women learning about it, but, um, I saw five OBGYNs, one male, four female, and they all told me that my diagnosis, you ready? You're a woman. Wow. That's a diagnosis. Yeah. They literally said, you're a woman is expected. You're just going to have to find a position that doesn't hurt. Wow. And so I bought into that for the longest time. And I went with, okay, there's going to be pain. So guess what I did? You know, sex, drugs, and rock rock and roll. Moved to, back to New York, moved to the city, and just, you know, numbed out with sex. Mm. Um, I think I had a lot of fun, but, you know. On the flip side, it was a lot of fun. And I wasn't learning anything about this and about my body. And so when I started with the myofascial, the funny thing is, is, John Barnes, who, um, you know, introduced it and, and teaches it, he was the first person to work on me. And I was in the room and it was covered up and he's like, and there were students and he's like, so what's going on with your body? And I told him different things. I told him that. And so he went internal on me and I'm like, hi guys, I'm just here. To- <laughs> just here. But um, it's here for entertainment. Entertainment. But um, he he went in, he went down and right away he touched my tailbone and the pain shot up into my ruptured appendix scar. Wow. So I immediately knew my scar tissue had reached out and vined out around my tailbone. And so for years, nobody could tell me why painful sex, <sighs> but nobody talks about what happens underneath scars, you know, and that's why w- women get C-sections and different scars. I'm like, any type of scar, please let me show you some things to do with it. Because on top, everyone's proud of their little scars, but underneath it continues to vine out. Yeah. Yes. And so had wrapped around. So I did the work. Um, externally, internally, and realized you don't have to have painful sex. Wow. But nobody was able to tell me that. And so that's when I was like, then I started taking all the courses from Tammy Kent and her beautiful way of clearing and healing everything. Um, uh, and then Herman and Wallace, I, I took a lot of the, the pelvic floor classes and just so many uh, different approaches, mm. bringing it all together with my own experience. And I'm like, Wow. Girls don't have to have painful periods. You don't mm. have to pee your pants after you, um, just because you had a baby. You don't have mm. to necessarily have these painful births. And listen, if this is what you're experiencing, that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you broken by any means. Right. That it, I just want to give hope and inspiration that there are people that can possibly help you with that, right? And everybody's journey is different too. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you might have, like, I had an 89-year-old come to me. Oh, I loved her. She was traveling the world still. 
but she would pack more pads in her suitcase mm. than clothing because she just constantly peed her pants. It just was one of those things. That's what you do after you have children, right? And you don't talk to anybody about it, you know, with her age genre and, and, and her generation. And so one day she did pee a little extra in the bank while she was standing there. And she's like, oh, what do you do? I went up to the teller, finished my business and got out of there. And she happened to mention it to her doctor who was like, well, why don't you go see Erica? And this lovely woman, I literally, I didn't even do internal work. Um, I just worked on her back where she had some scar tissue. And within two sessions, she was 90% better. She didn't even take wow. pads with her on her next trip. Wow. And it's, it just, it just goes to show you, like we live with these things because we believe as women that that's just how it is. And then here we are in that do, do, do mode. So we don't have time to think about this. We just keep plowing forward. Right. We really need to just here for a second. And it's just the hardest thing to do because then we don't feel like we're successful or we're productive, you know, but we're going to be more successful and productive if we take that time going back into, um, maybe not necessarily just the feminine, but just who we are. It doesn't matter who you are, male, female, male identifying as a female or vice versa. Like whoever you are, as long as you're being true to that and feeling into that and honoring that and listening to that. Yeah. Because that inner physician, the best physician of all is right in here. We're innately designed to heal ourselves. We just have to hear it. And sometimes, you know, we don't until the body is shouting at us. And that's not a fun time, you know. And like, it could sometimes be too late. It's sometimes be too late. My least favorite phrase, and I think I've said this in every podcast, is that's just the way it is. You get older, that's just, you pee your pants, that's just the way it is. That's, oh, no. You that's are a terrible. You're phrase. thirty. You're thirty years old, and you don't have a period. That's just the way it is. Your everything else looks fine. Your yeah. bone density is fine. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And I could never ever accept that. And that's why we're here. Is we yeah. don't. It's like that indigo child thing. Like that's our generation too. Is they question everything because. I don't know. To me, everything is questionable. Yeah. You know? Everything's. I'm being told yeah. this stuff is normal, and I'm like. No, it's not. No. You know, so many things that people come to me and and my colleagues and, and any type of holistic work and they're like, is this normal? And it's like, well, it depends on who you ask. Right. You, know, you go to conventional and into Western medicine and they'll probably, they usually tell you yes. Because they've seen so much of they've it. They've seen so much of it. It's, it's, my answer is no, it doesn't have to be normal. Is it common? Yeah. Yeah. But. But it's, it's also a reflection of our society. It's common yes. because we're all kind of under these same influences yes, um, of stress absolutely. and and do 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 and and beliefs belief systems yeah that this is this is just how it is yeah yeah well that like you said the freedom on the other side is that you can create that your body is designed to thrive mm-hmm. not just manage the day where you're exhausted and you need to numb out with netflix again there's no problem with watching staying up all night and watching bridgerton for example <laughs> Sometimes that's exactly what you need to do. And you know what? It took I don't know me, what you're talking about. It but. took me getting food poisoning to allow myself to do that, which is kind of funny, kind of not. But yeah, two days ago, because I quail eggs that my farrier gave me and I left them in there and I ate them. And so I finally said that night, because every night I've been staying up working on the computer. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this Bridgerton everybody's talking about. I'm going to order in. Uh, faux soup and I'm going to sit on my couch with my dog and cat and I'm going to indulge and it felt great it's amazing it's amazing and then and then because you are 
innately in tune, you know, like, all right, I'm good. Time to yeah. get up off the couch and yeah. do again. Yeah. But it's it's the knowing when to ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. and So important. Oh, man. So good. So women's health, I know that's a big thing for you and we've touched on it, but let's talk about the explant thing. Yeah, so we kind of mentioned it earlier, um, why I kid myself that I could have it and should should have implants. Um, and I got to tell you, and, and certainly no judgment about anyone who decides to do them, I'm about informed consent and medical freedom, okay? And it's not out there. I was not told anything when I got mine. And, and, and later on, people were like, wow, you're a myofascial person, like, and you've got implants. And, uh, and now I started realizing oh yeah, this, I put a foreign thing in my body. Da, da, da. But like I said, no judgment. And I loved my implants. <laughs> they were perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Monarchy. But um, he did go a little bit more than I wanted, but they, they were great. And most people didn't know, right? And I actually forgot. I wasn't, before my explant, removing of the implants, I, um, I went to my closet to say, I was like, I'm going to one night out with the girls. I didn't find one shirt in there that actually showed my breast. And I'm like, what the hell do I have these for then? I haven't even been like utilizing this. If anything, <laughs> taking advantage of my awesome I mean, I'd had it for 13 years. Like, maybe I did it for the first three, but then it's like, I haven't been. The only thing I've been doing is wearing like extra tight sports bras because I was in, at work and I'm like talking to people. I'm leaning over them. I didn't want my boobs in like men's faces or anything. I'm sure they thought differently, but... Yeah, they, they might not have minded that, but, you know, maybe I would have gotten more clients that way, but male <laughs> clients. But um, so I, I was working with a woman who's model. She's on my website. She wrote an article about her healing and she mentions the work, but she went through just craziness. And so I learned about breast implant illness, which some women do get from this. It's um, a lot of autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. um, just because you have a foreign, you have foreign material. Now... It doesn't have to just be implants. There's um, a, a great, uh, um, uh, what is it, the bleeding edge? Bleeding edge. It's a great documentary on um, a birth control device that has destroyed mm-hmm. women physically and emotionally and financially and, and about hip implants and stuff. So it's, it's just very important to realize that there are risks with this and we don't get told this. And I started just thinking about all this and, and I started talking Mainly to my friend Annette, I mentioned to her that I think I'm getting them out and um, didn't really mention too much about the um, breast implant illness. And then I started gradually adding that in. But in September of 2019, I just feel like I got this intuitive hit that it was time for me. Yeah. I just need to take them out. I didn't feel so like you I was weren't having, having any symptoms. There was nothing wrong. Wasn't having any symptoms. Okay. I didn't think I was, and you know, a lot of my stuff. I was like, well, I had this stuff before, and. Um, so I started exploring it and talking more to my friend about it and I started looking for doctors and, um, which was an interesting experience because when I got them, I'm the type of person, even though I should do my research and I just go with my gut, right? And I had a friend of a friend who's a doctor and, you know, we all used to party together and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have him do my implants. And, um, I remember saying to him, I want, I want to go this size. And he's like, no, you want to go bigger? I'm like, no, I don't. And he's like, yeah, every, everybody, every woman comes back and yeah. she's gone bigger. And I was like, 
I'm not every woman. He's like, yeah, you will be. And I'm like, no, not. And he, <laughs> and he put bigger in than I wanted. Wow. Um, so you didn't even consent. Yeah, you didn't even get yeah. coerced into it. He just no. did it. And he was going to go bigger, he said, except wow. that the way I was formed, it wouldn't been right. And so it's interesting mm. how these things work. And so when I started thinking about all of this, and I just, um, in my exploration to find an explanter, I heard everything from, if you want them out, because you just want them out, great, I'll take them out. I, the BII stuff, yeah, those those women talking about that, the breast implant analyst, they're crazy. And he specifically named some very prominent names in the BII world that get on TV and talk about it. And he's like, I know them. I'm friends with them. She's freaking crazy. But I'll take your explain. You know, I'll, I'll take it out for you. This is all we need to do. Um, because I actually explored a few different doctors, which I'm very glad I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad I had that experience because now I can help women who are going through this process. I don't care if you're trying to explant or do something else for your body. You know, it's, I have this experience now and know how doctors can make you feel um, and how I just want to advocate for women and inspire them and inform them that they can listen to themselves and yeah. trust themselves. And that's, you know, that goes back to everything we've been talking about is learning to trust and hear our own voice inside, right? And listen to our own bodies. And so I was telling my friend, she called me, she goes, you got to call me back. And one morning I was like, I said, I'm going to call you back, but I, I just found the perfect doctor. It was a friend of mine said, Hey, my, my sister's best friend works for this doctor. You should call this. And somehow I just knew this was going to be my doctor to explant. And I was like, I got to I got to call him and I'll call you back. She goes, no, that's what I want to talk about. And so I called her. She's like, listen, I've been thinking this is why she had her implants for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And she's like, my husband told me, my best friend told me, everybody's been telling me that this is the source of my issues for autoimmune and um, diagnosis and um, she's like I want to get mine out but let's do a documentary so that we can help get this information out there now we didn't know that a couple other were started um, which is which is great like the more the merrier the more information we get out we know it's not a contest and so we're like I I met with the doctor and I was like okay this this is my doctor and and um, Dr. Chopra when I'm not gonna say if I'm gonna say when the documentary comes out or whatever ends up being even if it's just like a little three-part you know, infomercial or something type, um, you get to meet him, but just somebody who actually believes and advocates. And so it's really interesting to be in this world where once again, you're getting told by these doctors that there's nothing wrong with you. There's no research. Well, there's no research because guess what? Nobody wants to spend the money because that doesn't make you money. Right. Um, you know, the more you go diving into the implant companies and, and just all that, it's just, it's, it's, hard information to see because it's, ugh, I want to scream from the mountaintop as they say that, you know, you're like, who would do this? Is how I see. Well, and I, and I think like, how, how do the people of Monsanto go to bed at night? How do these people knowing what they're doing mm-hmm. do it? Mm-hmm. And I guess it's, it's, is it, is it my naivete or just my belief that everybody's out there to do good things in the world and no, it's there's some things that trump power and money. profit. Power and money. Yeah. Profit and power. Profit and power. Let's, let's put some like, up to that. It's really hard. I, one of my colleagues told me the other day she had a lady who just went to get a reduction. She didn't have implants. She went to get a reduction. But the doctor convinced her that her husband would not like how she looked if she just got a reduction. So he got her to put an implant in. So now she's got this foreign object in there that she doesn't want. And she's beating herself up for oh. making that decision, right? And it's... It's just, I constantly hear these stories. And uh, there's one lady that, um, a beautiful young lady that now I've met, and she, she's she got the ones that are recalled. 
Now she found out about that on Facebook, by the way, because they don't keep the information and they don't come back and tell you. When I went to get my records, when I went to get my explant, my records are long gone. We only have to keep medical records for 10 years. And so they didn't have any information on, on my surgery at all. And so they don't know who has them if they get, if no, they get recalled. Gone. They're just gone. They just yeah. And so for the recall, yeah, they don't know. And, and so, by the way, they also will not pay for her. They will pay for her to get them out if she puts others in. But they wouldn't pay for her just to get them out. How the hell wow. does that make sense? Wow. And they're recalled. I digress. You'll see it in the film. But um, so, yeah, so I, so I got my explant. And it's been a journey of, like, I realized how... I didn't think anything about my boobs, <laughs> boobs, but I was so disconnected from them, right? And mm. so now I, I'm part of the, the, um, the TCL, you know, TLC, TLC. Well, TL, I always joke TLC for the LTC, little bitty titty committee, little, little titty committee, LTC, <laughs> titty TLC committee. for That's the LTC, right. skittle to so, the, yeah, <laughs> skittle titty committee, and uh, and that was in, uh, in my days in oh high school, my like, skittle, skittle, skittle tittles. <laughs> Skittle tittles. Oh my God, I love that. So my skittle tittles and I, like, it's funny because people ask, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel like I'm 11. You know, I feel young again. I mean, maybe it's because I got the boobs of an 11 year old now, but, but I just feel younger and like youthful. And, mm. and I think it has to do with this connection with me now. And, and so, um, a lot of thinking back about why did I do this? And so Annette, um, is the, is my friend who, she just got hers done um, last week and, um, finally got hers out and hers were, you know, really making her sick. She's already seeing changes, but we, we don't want to just hit it with, uh, you know, we're not doing this to go, to go after women for getting implants. Right, we're not shaming doing them. it and we're not shaming. Right. Hell no. And we're not going even after the medical because people are so in this, this Western, uh, way of medicine that, that's not a battle that I can take on, right? Like many people have tried and are trying. It's more of just the name of your your podcast, Connection. How are we connecting to ourselves? And is, is this something that is healthy for us? You know, I convinced myself that it was because I would be balanced with my butt and my boobs, right? And so, but was I really connected? No, because I didn't need that to be balanced, you know? Well, and that's the thing. Again, I've had the same conversation with so many of the guests is that you are, you are perfect. I mean, it sounds, again, cliche, but you are in a, the body... Your body, mm-hmm. my body is this amazing, mind-blowing thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, when you think about, I don't know, to me it's overwhelming. Like, how our bodies work. And there's stuff that we possibly, that we'll maybe possibly never know. Yeah. And like, how the earth just kind of hangs in the atmosphere and the sun is in proximity <laughs> to the earth and warming our, it's like crazy. Yeah. And to not see yourself as that miracle. That you well, are. That's the thing is, why aren't we taught that? Do you know how sexy, you know, how sexy competence is? Yeah. Right? You can be the prettiest girl in the room and if you don't feel it and you walk in and your energy is just yucky or whatever and 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 then the maybe not so pretty girl walks in with confidence, you can see who has the confidence yeah. or not and guess yeah. who looks sexier. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the shell looks like. It's like the energy coming from it. And so... The big thing with the explant documentary, it's called Operation Explant, is is not is a little bit about 
touching on where and why because it's the story of Annette and I following us and so we're going to be talking about our story and why we got implants and why we got explants but the main story is again informed consent medical freedom like we have these choices but we need to have the information to be able to make these choices for ourselves right because we're not making them for ourselves we're right. being told the doctors are literally saying well that's not going to look good I don't know how many women have been told that's not going to look good. Your husband's not going to like it. That's, you know, mm. you know, you don't want to do that. Oh, it's in your head, you know. So as soon as somebody feels connected to their body and, and, and they decide, oh my gosh, I realize now that this is what's causing this and this and that. But then the doctor tells you, oh no, it's not. Then you're going to second guess your own intuition. Because they're the expert. Because they're the expert. Yeah. Or because they make you feel, you know, insecure. And so it's, it's that um, just really making sure, you'll see, I like to use, acronyms and, and making everything but I, I it's the inspiration you know I want informed consent and information for women I want um, I want them to explore the interception which is just knowing your own body in a sense of what you have going on in your own body right mm -hmm. that inner physician that we all have mm -hmm. you know and and um, connecting with that intuition and and all these things that are available to us, but we just don't get taught that they're there and how to explore and how to play with that. Always question the why. You can tell me to do something, but I'm going to say, why? Yeah. Give me a good reason. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it goes back to that, they say it goes back to that critter brain, they call it in mm -hmm. my life coaching schooling, um, that critter brain that wants to protect us. And mm -hmm. so it, it's not open to change. And it's just amazing when you start seeing these things and exploring you're like, holy cow, how did I not see this all along, right? And and so I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm on a roll again with my little, everything's got to start with the same letter or just little things I like to play with just to keep it interesting or maybe just to help me remember stuff. But, you know, I wake up every day and I'm like, I'm asking for a few things. And one is clarity, okay? Clarity to help discern what's truth, what's not, what resonates, what I need to have around me, what I don't. Courage courage to make those choices that are probably going to be the hard choices because it goes against the grain it goes against the mainstream medical everything right and courage to speak when I need to um you know and then and commitment to myself first um working on myself so that I attract the right clients I attract the right people um and um you know so I'm making I'm I'm that person that I'm asking everybody else to explore being for themselves. Right. 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 And so, you know, I, I go through that every morning, like, oh, here we go again. I need some clarity. I need some courage, you know, and, okay. and, um, and compassion. Yeah. I need a lot of compassion these days because it's so easy to say, <laughs> Dummy! You know, <laughs> you know, you're being stupid and why are you evil and why are you, Wake up. you know, and, and we, we, we yeah. see it right now. And so I'm asking, oh, God, please give me compassion because, yeah. you know, I, I'll get biblical on you here. Forgive them for they know not what they do, right? Like, they don't know. They're not there. They're not seeing these things. So when I was three and a half, I went blind. And I used to see things per my mom. Even in our religion, it wasn't acceptable, but I used to see things. And when my mom in the last, um, last week I had with her, I said, Mom, remind me when I stopped seeing things. And she's like, oh, about three and a half, four. And I go, and when did I go blind in my left eye? And she goes, about three and a half, four. And I was like, hmm, that is interesting. Yeah. 
And um, so I just kind of left it at that. I wish I'd asked 50,000 more questions, but it just wasn't the, you know, wasn't the time and now there is no time. So for that, but um, I want to get tattooed in Braille because mm. I had a client who had this beautiful Braille tattoo on her. I was like, that is brilliant. But in Braille um, from Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see. Oh, wow. Just because for me, it was, you know, I'll use that cliche word, but it was an awakening. It was an eye, it's been an eye-opening experience since my whole appendix thing, probably since before then, whatever I saw as a child, like just starting to open her eyes and see, wow, there's some puppet strings going on and there's some masterminding and stuff. And it can be exhausting for us. Just like we're like running in between these strings, trying to just be our own free person here yeah. body, mind and soul. Right. And, and just, um, have that sovereignty and just, uh, and help bring other people. Again, that sounds like I'm not being condescending or saying that we're better. It's just, we feel like we found this happiness, this freedom from fear and, and, all this stuff and we just want to share it it all comes from a good place so even if somebody thinks we're cuckoo at least you know that we're a loving cuckoo yeah. <laughs> you know we just want to pass around this just loving cuckooness yes <laughs> just be cuckoo well i yeah and I, I i was you know i think it depends on where you are in your journey but um we were probably more adamant about helping people when we were younger and now it's you know i'm like I'm just going to live my life and, and teach by example. That's yeah. my goal is to yeah. teach by example. Like you said, kind of dodge the bullets mm-hmm. um, to, to keep ourselves free and sovereign, um, to keep our choices available to us. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the big yeah, one is that's, that's, uh, to keep the choices available. Mm-hmm. And you want to come along on this ride? Great. Yeah. If not, I'm I'm going. Yeah. I'm off and running. The I have train a, is on. Cuckoo <laughs> train is on the tracks. Gaining There's steam. Some fun people on the cuckoo train though. Awesome people I'll on the cuckoo train. I'll tell you what, 2020, we <laughs> sure found some some fun fun some friends. Fun cookie people. Um, oh, yeah, and, and so it's a great ride. And, and it, mm-hmm. it's it the other thing I've found is that I mean we keep saying, but that freedom, it's it's fun. It's more fun. It's more fun. It's a flow. It's a it's a light, happy, easier. And listen, we all get like those days where yeah. we got stuck in the fear. We went yeah. down the rabbit hole and yeah. it's like really tough. But then, you know, we had to move through it. And, and the next day it's like, okay, I'm going to do this again. We put out there, we attract, right? And, yeah. and uh, what we resist persists. And so it's it's like... Let's not focus on what we don't want. Let's yeah. focus what we want, what we have, what we love. Um, you know, obviously you have to be cognizant of the other stuff, but you don't put your energy on the bad stuff. Yeah. Even if it's just like, because you because you want it to go away so much. You know, even if yeah. you're looking at it from a healthy perspective, that's where you're putting your energy. Yeah. Shift it over to all the good stuff. You know. Yeah. The other stuff you gotta be aware, but you just gotta. Yeah. Do, you gotta do you, and you know. But and, and and feel and, good. And your other do youers will come join you, and and yeah, yeah, and that's where you get the community, which is so, so important. A <laughs> connection. I mean, yeah. I think that's a great way to uh, to end it. Although we can put the links to your, because this has been. I mean, we could sit here for another five hours. I mean, we might find it entertaining. I'm not yeah. so sure how, how <laughs> y'all are your, feeling. Your cat's kind of like, oh, yeah, he's kind of conked. Lakshmi's kind of like, ladies, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a girl too, but 
She's like, you just took up like eight of my nine lives. I do want to, um, I do want to mention the nonprofit really quick, just because even more than my website, I would love people to explore that. Um, I, and it's a topic for another time, how I got into this and everything, but I do have a nonprofit named after my mom, a new Mm. Dawn of Shana Foundation. And it is to provide the type of services that, you know, we've been talking about here with what I do, what other holistic practitioners do, what energy workers, what just people of freedom and love and community um, offer and from a holistic standpoint for survivors of sex trafficking mm. and, and exploitation and sexual abuse. And we have an equine assisted learning and psychotherapy program where you work with horses, oh, wow. which is just, I mean, horses, their heart energy, ours goes out, they say six feet. Have you heard six feet before? Why people need to be separated six feet? Anyways, um, so six feet. Oh my God, stop. No, yeah, yeah. But a horse's energy wow. is the size of a um, football field, right? And so when you get around animals in general, it helps. In, Sorry, you know, I'm, yeah, still yeah. Re- I'm still reeling from I just that. kind of slid that one in there. Yeah, but okay. um, <clears throat> the animal's energy in general like raises our health, right? And, but horses, um, we're, we're doing this in um, conjunction with a program called specialspirit.org, who's already been doing it for foster children and everything. And... Um, if you, you can go to her website and it's on my website and read this beautiful description she does of why working with horses is so important, but they mirror and they put it in front of you. You come in with your fear. You come in with anything, your belief systems. You cannot hide that from them because they're like, you know, 1500 Yo, and they're like, I oh, see you. Really? you know, <laughs> and they will give it back to you. You cannot force them to do anything. It's your energy. And so you really learn how to bring up your fears and, and some of your glitches and things to, to work on. And it's a beautiful thing, right? And But then offering the body work and I just, I look forward to growing it to all kinds of practitioners coming in and bringing their services from dance and movement mm. to um, health and life coaching and nutrition and everything. But to provide these services for free because we all know that this is like, you can get your conventional, like get your physical and, and make sure they're okay and everything. But there's some serious trauma that, as we talked about, is still in the tissue. And let's offer this and let's move because this is some deep-rooted, deep shit that is um, happening in our every city. Like people used to say, oh, you're going to work with sex trafficking. Which country are you going to go to? And I was like, <laughs> the United old USA, you know? <laughs> Do you know we're the number one consumer of sexual um, material and uh, in mm. the world. Um, and so, and the trafficking is happening right here in each of our states. California is one of the, the biggest states. Border states, state. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I just want to offer, you know, this uh, in a non, you know, there's no, nothing being pushed any certain way, but just again, education and healing services offered for women and, um, and men. And because men are trafficked and, and uh, you know, uh, abuse as well. And so these are services that um, this this is just, this is my baby. And this is where a lot of my practice is going towards, um, where I'll be spending a lot more of my time and treating and, and things like that. So just wanted to throw that in there. Oh my gosh. It's so important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, All of this has been so important. Thank you thank so you. much. Oh, I so enjoyed talking to Erica about all of these very important topics. If any of this resonated with you, please share with a friend, give it a like, or leave a kind review. I'd be so grateful. And you do not want to miss the next episode. 
I interview, yes, another friend of mine, but also a leading voice on cults, Hoyt Richards. Hoyt has a fascinating tale to share with you about his time in a cult, what he's learned, and the very important lessons we all need to hear right now. You don't want to miss it. Until then, stay connected.